0: Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv takesbyfans takes If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, IR Radio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Tuesday. There was Monday night football on last night, and Aaron Rodgers got it done. A little bit of shaky, you know, a little bit of shaky with that game last night. Lions getting out to a pretty solid start and, you know, tied, uh, was it 14? No, 17-14 to 14 at halftime. And 17-14? Uh, 14-14? What do we got it going into halftime? Yeah, 17-14, Lions out on top. Oh, boy. But then Aaron Rodgers does his thing, and, you know, touchdown, 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 game over. So uh, we'll down That game from last night, last game of week two, which means that we can kind of uh, start doing our power rankings uh, for today's show as well. We will unveil our new top ten. We have our fame and shame list to go over. We made picks for week two. And some people that we put a lot of faith in and believability and betability and told y'all what to do, and, uh, you know, they didn't perform well, so we got to fame some of those players that did do well, help us hit those picks, and, uh, shame those guys that, uh, fell a little bit short, and, uh, unfortunately, this week, we got more people in the shame category than the fame category, so that's never great, um, but... We'll unveil that list. And then today is tight end Tuesday, baby. The tight ends showed up and reported to uh, university this week, and We had some absolutely great performances by the tight ends balling out. So we'll go over all the great performances by the tight ends from week two as well today. Uh, But before we get into anything, there was a lot of quarterbacks going down in week two. So let's all get on the same page and see what's going on with these uh, quarterbacks that kind of got knocked out. Out of last week's game, and if they're going to be ready for this week or have to take a couple of weeks off. So here we go, the quarterback roundup. Here we go. First one, Tyrod Taylor, truly, truly unfortunate right here. Really solid kind of first half performance then got knocked out of the game with a hamstring injury, and he is going to be missing some time. I believe he went on IR, or he will potentially be going on IR, uh, but he is going to miss time. He's going to be missing this Thursday night game, unfortunate, and it's seeming to be probably around three weeks, potentially four weeks out here for Tyrod Taylor. So, man, oh, man, the man can't catch a break, and every time he tries, Eyes to, you know kind of reset his career. Uh, we saw that last season in L.A. with the Chargers. You know, he played week one, looked good, and then, you know, the doctor punctures his long. Here we go. Starts week one, looks good. Starts week two, looking good, and then midway uh, game two, he goes down. So, truly, truly unfortunate out here by Tyrod Taylor. We hope he gets right as quickly as possible so we can still potentially salvage this Texan season in this team. We'll see what Davis Mills is going to be doing in the interim and we'll see what he can do on Wednesday during our film study show to see if we can buy into this Texans team for this week next week and moving forward because we still want to be big on this Texans team they are impressing us uh, competitive against the Browns with Tyrod Taylor and without huge huge green flags moving forward with this Texans team and I don't think we're ready to jump off of them just quite yet so we're hoping Davis Mills can pull through for this team but Tyrod Taylor speedy speedy recovery my friend and hopefully we see you back out here alrighty Carson Wentz and we told y'all we are 100% off of Carson Wentz and we are kind of you know in turn 100% off of this Colts team we are officially changing our Super Bowl prediction from the Colts winning to the Rams winning going forward we are on the Rams train done with Carson Wentz with getting injured because he didn't just sprain one of his ankles he sprained both of his ankles in the loss last week against the Rams how do you sprain both of your ankles what are you doing this man truly was born with glass bones and paper skin this man can't stay healthy in training camp in the first week second week in the playoffs the man can never stay healthy and we are 100% done we were hoping that all the injuries were out of his system I mean because I mean we saw what four five six injuries already you know we're playing kind of the odds number at that at that point and you know the odds you know still get you sometimes so truly off of uh, Carson Wentz now his status is still unclear Uh, we'll see how he's working today tomorrow seeing if if he can go for this week but uh, you know we can't buy anybody else on this uh, Colts team Jacob Eason is looking trash he was looking trash in the preseason games he was looking trash when you know the game was on the line and he had to go and win and I know that's a big kind of situation for this young quarterback that's never started a game Uh, but he he didn't rise to the occasion. Next man up mentality. I mean, we—it's either a win or a loss. You are either a winner or a loser. That's what it comes down to. And last night, or a couple of days, a couple of nights ago, Jacob Eason was a big old loser. So in Sam Ellinger, he will be be a loser as well. That man is not going to be as good or better than Jacob Eason. Maybe they're as good. It's not that hard to be as good as Jacob Eason. But so we'll see what's up in the air here for Carson Wentz. Um, I would say he possibly doesn't go this week. I mean, if you're the Colts, you have to salvage the season. Yes, you are facing down 0-3, but you've still got the back end of the season. You've still got basically the bulk of the season. You can't have Carson Wentz out there and just breaking both ankles next week. You really have to make sure he's 100% recovered before you stick him back out there because, you know... You don't want him out there for not you – don't, you don't want him injured and not able to go for the rest of the season. So the Colts may have to swallow an 0-3 start and then really push it in the back of half of the season. But I don't know what you do with this Carson Wentz situation, folks. I mean, you got to move on. Maybe trade for Deshaun Watson. Try to do that. You got to get rid of Carson Wentz as quick as possible. It's unfortunate, folks. We gave him all of, his, all of his chances. He's used up all of his free passes. I don't know what more y'all want from me. Alrighty, let's talk about Andy Dalton. He got a little bit of a knee bruise, no ligament Dan- damage in his status is also unclear. Matt Nagy in a difficult spot right now. Do you've got a free pass to go with Justin Fields right now? But the way that Justin Fields played last week, filling in for Andy Dalton, maybe kind of wants you to hold him back. So truly a difficult decision here for Matt Nagy, do you stay with Andy Dalton, who's just a game manager at best? I'm saying slightly below average game manager Andy Dalton, or do you just go with the future and have him kind of start playing and learning and getting better and growing? I think that's the right decision. But uh, with Matt, with Andy Dalton still, you know, kind of ready to go, Matt Nagy, we know he makes the wrong decision every single time. So you know, don't expect Matt Nagy to start. Uh, Justin Fields this week, and uh, maybe potentially see Andy Dalton out there, but his status is still unclear. Seeming like he could go, it's all basically you know on how they're feeling this week. Alright, uh, Tua, oh my goodness, bruised rib, got absolutely smacked against the Bills. I mean, the man had no time to throw, and we're going to be breaking him down in Wednesday's film study tomorrow, on tomorrow's show. But uh, Tua, a bruised rib, unfortunate, he's still in pain. The team says he's day-to-day, and it's basically just pain tolerance for Tua. If he can handle the pain, if he can tolerate the pain, he can go for this week against the Raiders in Vegas so it's a big game big spot here especially getting blown out 35 to nothing you have to come back and rebound to kind of take that loss and push it out of people's minds so we'll see if two is good to go it's all determining on his pain tolerance so we'll see if two is a true gamer or not this week we'll see if he goes and then Derek Carr, the last quarterback on the injury list here a little bit of an ankle injury he should be playing on Sunday. John Gruden said, you know, hey, you know, it's a it's a little injury, but uh, we kind of expect him to be playing out there. So, Tua, Carr, both banged up, having to face each other. We'll see. Does any of them go? Does one of them go? Does another of them go? Does both of them go? We'll keep uh, eyes on these quarterbacks. Injuries and health statuses as we progress through the week, but that's kind of where we are right now. Tyrod Taylor is 100% out this week and probably 100% out for at least the next two to three weeks. Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Tua, and Derek Carr can really just all go whenever they are kind of feeling good. So, no IR for any of these quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, all potentially could be playing this week besides Tyrod Taylor. So, we'll see what's going to be happening. But we know quarterbacks go down every single season, folks. High profile, low profile, middle of the profile quarterbacks. You are, just because you're good doesn't mean you are kind of... um, Avoidant of the injury bug. So far, no kind of A one, Tier one quarterbacks have gone down. Uh, so that's a great thing. Let me knock on wood a lot as we kind of start talking about this. I don't even want to talk about it, but here we are talking about it. But you know, a Brady, a Mahomes, a Jackson, a Matthew Stafford. Let me, like I said, continuing to knock on wood here. I mean, all you know, none of them have gone down yet. So. I guess that's good, but still, some of these quarterbacks—big potential here. Wentz, Carr, Tyrod Taylor. I'm not saying Andy Dalton, but you know, all the other ones, potential there, and uh, starting, you know, off on a pretty solid note. Um, so, truly unfortunate here that uh, some of these seasons could be a little bit hindered with these injuries. Alrighty, now let's uh, go into some of our topics that we've got for today. In the first one up, we've got to break down the Monday night football game from last night to officially put a nice little bow on week two as a whole. The last game of week two, the last game to talk about, the last game to break down and investigate and see what happened, see what was going on and talk through it. So we're all on the same page heading into week three. And as we progress through this week, when we, you know, break down film and, you know, kind of uh, shout. Some players out and celebrate and see what these teams are really doing and see what, seeing what teams compared to all the other teams work better than them or all that. So let's start talking about Lions at Packers last night. Alrighty, alright. The first thing to talk about, we gotta you know kind of give credit to this Lions team coming out. Coming out firing, being competitive, making it competitive. Um, You know, you've got, you know, angry Aaron Rodgers getting totally embarrassed week one. Only put up three points. And then the Lions having to come in on Monday Night Football on the road to Green Bay with that kind of, you know, pissed off Aaron Rodgers. And they competed in the first half, so I got to shout out Dan Campbell. What we've seen from this Lions team over the last two weeks, Lions competitive down the stretch when they were already, Already getting blown out in week one. Still balling out to that very last whistle. Putting up multiple points. What was it? 14 to 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. Just to be competitive. Never giving up. And that's all Dan Campbell right there. We know that's his attitude. We know that's his mantra. Never give up. Kind of, you know, a uh, um, a little bit of a beefy personality out there. Uh, big momentum personality. And, you know, he had them, you know, not good, not playing good in the first game because, you know, they were kind of getting blown out by the 49ers. But the fact that they fought to that last whistle, we give credit to Dan Campbell. And we also give Dan Campbell credit for what he did this week. His team was ready to go right out of the gate. First drive on the road, seven plays, 75 yards, ends in a touchdown. Yeah, sir, that's how you set the tempo. Made Aaron Rodgers kind of have to go to work himself. And Aaron Rodgers went to work on the— on, The Packers' first drive, they go down and answer that touchdown, tying up the game 7-7. But for Dan Campbell to kind of bounce back from that big defeat for the 49ers, having them come into Green Bay and be competitive right off the rip, that's absolutely fantastic, and we give Dan Campbell credit for that. We know overall this Lions team isn't anything special, and we're really not expecting them to win too many games. But the fact that they're competitive here in the big spots, uh, playing to the last whistle... Starting out hot on the road here in a big primetime game. That's some great leadership there by Dan Campbell, and we'll see if they can build and expand upon that. Uh, because we know he's got a big, what was it, like a six-year deal here for Dan Campbell, so he's got some time to truly put this team together. And so far, yes, they're 0-2, but it's a solid start here for Dan Campbell's tenure. Uh, and we'll see how high it could go. We don't, you know, we we have the the ceiling here for the Lions very, very low, but we'll see. Maybe Dan Campbell surprises us. So the Lions go down and score on the first touchdown drive and then they have to punt unfortunately, but it was a real solid drive. Eight plays, 41 yards, chewed off about five minutes on the clock. That's a solid drive. Unfortunately, they don't, it doesn't result in any points. They have to punt, but the Lions defense comes up big. The Packers end up going three now and, and then the Lions get right back on track scoring another touchdown going up 14-7 to and then Aaron Rodgers obviously, hey, you know, you're not going to come in my home stadium and disrespect me by, you know, taking the the lead and all that. I'm going to get the touchdown right back. They make it 14-14 and then the last competitive drive here for the Lions was the last drive of the first half. A two minute drive, a minute 46 seconds left in the game and the Lions go down and score a field goal. So this was a truly great first half for this Lions team overall and then just in the second half they truly floundered. First drive coming out of halftime. Turnover on downs but it was a good movable drive. Eight plays, 50 yards. It's just unfortunate they go for it on fourth 1 at green base 25 you kind of have to go for that you're down 21 to 17 because once again Aaron Rodgers and the Packers they used their first drive out of halftime to go down to score a touchdown I mean the Packers were on fire we're going to talk about the Packers in a second but it's fourth and one at the Green Bay twenty-five. Yeah, you kind of have to go for that. You settle for a field goal; it's still a win. But you know, the kind of the Packers kind of won as well. And we know how the rest of this game went. The Packers just scoring touchdown, 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 touchdown. Thirty-five points, five touchdowns. Bingo, bingo, no problem here. Uh, so you know, in hindsight, yeah, they really truly had to go for this because they had to keep up pace with the Packers' touchdown scoring. And we know that's hard to do when you're going against Aaron Rodgers that can just fling the ball. And we're gonna watch his highlights here, Aaron Rodgers, because that man was absolutely slinging the ball all over the field last night, looking absolutely immaculate, which we thought, and which we kind of knew, you know, we took the Packers, what, it, what was the final line, minus 12, we ended up taking that, they win by 18 points, no problem. Uh, you know so we you know they cover the spread cover all that because you know it's Aaron Rodgers the man slings the ball we know he does that so I love the aggressive call here on fourth and one uh, to go for it unfortunately they can't pick it up and then the next drive they fumble and now it's 28 to 17 and now it's 35 to 17 because Aaron Rodgers is like hey you better not make a mistake and you better start scoring on every single drive because I'm about to start scoring on every single drive so if you want to keep up and be competitive that's fine but you better be scoring touchdowns on every single drive, and that's just too much for this Lions team to do, that's too much for Jared Goff to do, and it's unfortunate, so uh, the turnover on downs drive, the fumble drive, then a punting drive, six plays, 12 yards, and then an interception there by Jared Goff, and then the very last drive, turnover on downs, trying to do something, 4th and 3 at Green Bay, 32-yard line, they can't pick it up, and it's game over at that point, so very, very well done by this Lions team to come out firing. Just unfortunately, they don't have the team overall, the talent on the team to be competitive with the, one of these kind of upper echelon teams or the Packers or the Bucks, or the Chiefs or the Ravens or the uh, Rams or the Cardinals. The Lions aren't going to be able to keep up with any of those upper echelon teams. But being competitive for a quarter, a half, uh, three quarters, maybe an entire game coming down to the wire, we give credit to this Lions team. All right, let's start breaking down some stats for these Lions players. First up is the quarterback, Jared Goff, and he threw 26 of 36. Real solid effort here by Jared Goff, who's trying to prove his true worth and his value in what he can do at the quarterback position since, you know, the Rams got rid of him, and now they're having instant big success. Two wins already. The offense is moving the ball. Matthew Stafford looking good as heck, folks. If you haven't seen Matthew Safford play this season, folks, I urge you to truly watch the entirety of the next Rams game, folks. Watch what that man can do, because it's truly truly impressive. Um, So, Jared Goff, 26 of 36, which is 72% completion percentage. We love that. 246 yards on 26 completions. A little bit of a dink and dunk there by Jared Goff. Two touchdowns, one interception. The one interception we can kind of, you know, get rid of because, you know, the game was already over at this point. He threw his interception with three minutes left in the fourth quarter when they were already down 35 to 17. You know, I don't want to use an excuse for Jared Goff, but, you know, the interception truly is nothing in the stat column. So well done by Jared Goff, a really solid, serviceable game. Unfortunately, the pressure, the momentum all kind of got on you in the second half, and they just could not sustain any drives. They, you know, were shut out in the second half, put up 17 points, all their points in the first half. Good. No points in the second half. Not good. And they lose the game. Unfortunate. All right, Jared Goff was also the leading rusher as well. Four carries for 46 yards. Then we had DeAndre Swift, eight carries for 37 yards. And Jamal Williams, seven carries for 25 yards. Um, you know, wish they would have kind of slowed down the game a little bit more, ran the ball a little bit more, especially since, you know, Aaron Rodgers was slinging the touchdowns. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, that's how they started, uh, you know, the second half, folks. First drive, touchdown. Second drive, touchdown. Third drive, touchdown. I mean, geez, Louise, when the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get going, they get going. And you cannot stop that man. You cannot stop this team when they are just going touchdown 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 It's basically like if they pick up one first drive or one first down on their drive. They're going to result in the touchdown folks It's gonna get it done I mean just look at these drives by the Packers here first drive touchdown because they picked up the first down second drive They went three and out they didn't pick up the first down So you know they go three and out. third drive They pick up the first down ten place touchdown uh, fourth drive here. It's the end of half drive. That's not even a drive. So their next drive. It's out of halftime. They pick up the first down. It's a touchdown. Second drive out of halftime. They pick up the first down. It's a touchdown. Third drive out of halftime. They pick up the first down. It's a touchdown. Coming off the fumble, and then they go six plays. Uh, have to punt the ball in the fourth quarter. Three and out in the fourth quarter as well. Three and out in the fourth quarter as well. By that time, the game is over. No urgency there. They're not picking up the first downs, and they have to punt the ball. So if they pick up that first first down. It's a touchdown. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. If they get out to a little bit of a slow start, because after they pick up that first down, Matt LaFleur's genius starts kicking in. You have to start covering everything because, you know, now Matt um, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit momentum in that throwing arm, ready to be pinpoint precise. So, if it's uh, you better hope they don't pick up a first down on you, or they, <laughs> they are going to take it for seven. So, that's just what the Packers do, folks. When they are on, they are unstoppable. When they're off, ooh, it's big time bad. We've seen it multiple times, so... That's just how Aaron Rodgers is. That's just how, you know, the team is built. And, you know, it's 13-3, getting to the NFC Championship the last two seasons. That's real solid. They just have to finish finish the season. And that's what's uh, up for the Packers this season. All right, but let's uh, finish off here with the Lions and what they did. Let's see who Jared Goff was throwing to the leading receivers. TJ Hawkinson, once again, leading receiver, game one for this Lions team. And he's a tight end, leading receiver, for game number two and he's a tight end and we are definitely going to be shouting him out on our tight end Tuesday segment Uh, but TJ Hawkinson, eight receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown Quinton Seferis four receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown then it's DeAndre Swift the running back four receptions for 41 yards and then we got Trinity Benson one reception for uh, for 24 yards so we just wish that this Lions team had better wide receivers and that Jared Goff was going to those wide receivers and not just constantly looking for those the running backs and the tight ends and the dink and dunk and the safety routes and the check downs and all that but this Lions team really doesn't have that many great wide receivers deep threat wide receivers to truly work with so uh, we're trying to give Jared Goff all the benefit of the doubt here this is a truly unfortunate kind of circumstance and team to play for especially when your entire legacy and career is in jeopardy now that the Rams are having success without you the first time It's a little tough and unfortunate here for Jared Goff, but he's trying his damnedest out here to kind of prove everybody wrong and to prove that he can be a truly great tier one quarterback in this league. It's just unfortunate. This Lions team as a whole doesn't have that many weapons to kind of help out the quarterback and they don't have the defense to kind of, you know, help out the quarterback and they don't have the coaching staff to help out the quarterback. So I tip my cap to Jared Goff. He's trying out there. It's just coming up a little bit short. All righty, now let's start talking about this Packers team and Aaron Rodgers. He's a bad. And man, folks, sheesh, I can't wait to start watching some of these highlights by this man because, oh my goodness, are they absolutely beautiful. But this man, only five incompletions, folks, so come on, give the man credit, 22 of 27, that is 81% completion percentage, we love it, for 255 yards, slinging the ball out. Four touchdowns, no picks, doesn't fumble, doesn't turn the ball over. Clean game here by the Packers. Well done. And then the running game. And I don't, like, I didn't know people disrespected Aaron Jones. What was that about? I was going on Twitter last night and everyone was like, see, Aaron Jones is actually good. Aaron Jones is actually good. I was like, y'all were saying that this man wasn't good. Did y'all see what this man did last season? I mean, he put up, I want to say, 1,300 yards. That's like third in the league. Derrick Henry, 2000. You know, he's obviously the standout. And then Delvin Cook, maybe at like 1,500. And then I think Aaron Jones had like 23, 20, or uh, 1,300, 1,200 yards last season. What do we got? Aaron Jones, yeah, eleven hundred yards last season with another three hundred receiving, so a grand total of about fourteen hundred fifty-nine yards. So, yeah, I don't understand why everybody was clowning Aaron Jones. Uh, I didn't know that was y'all. I didn't know that's what y'all were doing, clowning Aaron Jones. We don't buy that. We don't. We never buy that. This running game for the Packers has been real solid for the last two seasons, folks. Absolutely. So, um, I, I was just, it was just a little mind-boggling reading what people were saying on Twitter. I was like, no, th- this man's good. What? Why y'all disrespecting Aaron Jones? Stop that. This man's good. Thousand yard rusher. Respect that. If you're if you're not respecting thousand yard rushers, I don't know what the hell y'all are respecting out there. So. Aaron Jones is fine, folks. Leading rusher here for this Packers team. 17 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Real solid. Then AJ Dillon, five carries for 18 yards as well. Alright, let's see who Aaron Rodgers was throwing to Devontae Adams, leading receiver for the Packers, should come as no surprise, 8 receptions for 121 yards, Robert Tanyan, the tight end, and we're going to shout him out on tight end university as well today, Robert Tanyan, 3 catches for 52 yards, and a touchdown, very well done, and then it's Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones out of the backfield, 3rd leading receiver here, 6 catches for 43 yards, and 3 touchdowns, and 3 touchdowns, yes sir, give that man his respect for touchdown day for the run, Running back, running the ball, catching the ball. Give respect to the dual threat ability of Aaron Jones in the great quarterback play of Aaron Rodgers, folks. Aaron to Aaron, baby. That's double Aaron. That is quadruple AA Ron here. Respect this Packers weapons, folks, and definitely start respecting Aaron Jones more. I don't know where the hell the disrespect is coming from. The man is solid out here. So real solid work here by this Packers team just doing what they do. Aaron Rodgers doing what they do. And like I said, I mean, you know, three... Three drives in the first half... Two touchdowns, one three and out, unfortunately. And then three straight touchdown drives to start the second uh, second half. They go up 35-17 and the game is over from there. So Aaron Rodgers truly uh, kind of knocked off the dust from week one and got it going. So watch out for this Packers team moving forward. And uh, when we get to our power rankings for today's show, we'll see how much of a headway this Packers team made because we didn't have them in the top ten for week one. Do they uh, do they get into the top 10 this week? We will see. Uh, but before we officially move off of this game, we got to watch Aaron Rodgers' highlights from last night, folks. Sheesh, we got 3 minutes and 15 seconds of absolutely on-the-money throws right here. So let's respect some Aaron Rodgers right here and see what this man was doing. Here we go. First throw coming up here. They're down 7 nothing. Big time to score. Big time to kind of move the ball. You go to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams doing his thing about 15 yards. That's nothing great. It's, that's not one of the throws we are truly looking forward to watching again. Here we go. Play action pass. A dump off to Aaron Jones. All right. Picks up the first down. Solid. But we want to see this man sling the ball. Come on, Highlights. Let's get a little bit better out here. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers on the goal line from the one-yard line. Play action pass. And then dumps it to Aaron Jones right there on the goal line. Bingo, bango. That's what Aaron Jones brings to this team. Um, He also, this necklace right here uh, is, um, well, you can't see it here, but it had his father's ashes in it. I don't know if you've been following the story. Uh, He wore a necklace with his father's ashes in it. Scored a touchdown, showed it off. And then, unfortunately, he lost it in the end zone somewhere. But it was found by the groundskeepers of the Packers. So, that's great. Happy ending to that story. But back to Aaron Rodgers right here. We're going to get a big throw. Yes, sir. The big, deep ball here to Devontae Adams. And, oh, my gosh, folks. What a ball. What a ball, folks. Man, oh, man. Aaron Rodgers slung this ball, folks. Folks 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 let's count the yards here. He's gonna throw this one from his 15-yard line That's 35 yards to the 50 and it goes all the way down to the 20. That is 55 yards clean in the air absolutely 1 trillion percent on the money folks look at this absolutely incredible right there Devontae Adams, a great A1 Tier 1 wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers, obviously a great A1 Tier 1 quarterback. And this hookup for 60 yards, 55 all through the air is absolutely money. And now we get a replay here from Devontae Adams' angle. Well done to get separation. I mean, this isn't that much separation. It's maybe a yard max. But it's still open in this league, and Aaron Rodgers puts it absolutely on the money. I mean, look where he just dumps this ball in. I mean, sheesh. Absolutely perfection on the accuracy. Aaron Rodgers, the magician, like we know. Fantastic. All right, here we go from the 22-yard line over the middle of the field to Robert Tanyan, who makes an absolutely incredible catch with two defenders draped all over him. But once again, it's Aaron Rodgers putting it absolutely 1 trillion percent exactly where it needs to be for a touchdown. Do we get a replay on this one? I hope we get this one from the back angle. It will truly show off the accuracy and the precision that Aaron Rodgers threw this ball with, and we unfortunately do not get in a back-end angle replay. Damn it. It's still great, folks. But here we go. Aaron Rodgers, next play over the middle. 10 yards. Easy. Come on. We want to see more big bombs. Big bombs here by Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. Third and seven. Great uh, job there to just uh, dump it off there for the right sideline. It picked it up. Third and seven. Moving the ball. That's exactly what we're looking for. And this is a drive that ends in a touchdown here. Their second drive out of halftime. Aaron Rodgers. And then look at this throw right here, folks. Aaron Rodgers throwing off balance, doing a Mahomes esque throw. Here we go. Off balance. Can't set his feet, throws off one foot a little bit high, but it's Devontae Adams wide open. So, yeah, you can throw a little bit high. He will go up and catch the ball. Once again, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, a great wide receiver quarterback combo. We all know this, folks. We're not saying anything new out here, but great extension there by Devontae Adams. We get a back angle shot on this catch, this replay. Come on. I wanted to see the one by Robert Tanyan. All right, here we go. A dump off to Aaron Jones again, who beats everybody for 10 yards in the red zone for the touchdown. Aaron Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, quadruple A-A-Ron. Give them the respect, folks. Alright, what do we got? One or two more throws up here. Play action pass here by Aaron Rodgers. Already up 35-17 to 17 and wanting to go deep. Pulls it back down and then makes a safe throw to Devontae Adams. He was about to launch it for a second and then dumps it down to Aaron Rodgers. Last play right here. What does Aaron Rodgers have for us, folks? Play action pass. Aaron Rodgers escaping out of the pocket delivering a wide open ball there on the right sideline, and that goes for the first down. So Aaron Rodgers, absolutely magnificent, accurate as hack, efficient as hack. Like we said, only five incompletions all night and uh, four touchdowns to go along with that. So well done by Aaron Rodgers. He is back. This Packers team is back, and we'll see what this Packers team can do moving forward. Now, we do have to take this game with a little bit of a grain of salt because it is the Lions. Uh, Let's see who they've got up next week. What do we got going on here for this Packers team? Who are they going to be facing? Is it another good opponent that is going to be a high-pressure game? Next week, the Packers have the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Another big game here for Aaron Rodgers where he must show out. Yes, you beat the Lions, which is all good and well, but if you lose to the 49ers, it's back to this Packers team being bad. It's back to Aaron Rodgers causing distractions and fucking attitudes. So this narrative is going to be changing on a weekly basis, especially when you're going against and losing potentially against great teams. This Packers team at Super Bowl or bus like we've been saying? They've got to get to the Super Bowl, and we can't see them losing against the better upper echelon teams right here because that means you're not upper echelon if you can't beat the upper echelon. So there can only be one. So we'll see what the Packers can do, but a great job to kind of, you know, reset the season, one and one Packers, well done by Aaron Rodgers. Alrighty. So after the game, we have some uh, quotes here. So let's quickly read these, and then we will uh, officially wrap up Monday Night Football. But the first one right here, Aaron Rodgers, after Packers blowout win, says it's, quote, nice to get the trolls off of our backs. All right, relax. You got blown out week one. Of course, everybody was going to talk about you when the, quote, trolls were going to come out. And, you know, I was kind of thinking, was this, quote, directed at us? Do Does Aaron Rodgers consider us calling him Turtle Rodgers and making this canvas with this head on a... Turtle body with the shell and him on the golf course does he count us as trolls is this trolling folks Is that trolling? I would kind of say that's being honest. I Don't think we I don't troll here. I don't say anything to get a reaction. I say what I see We mean everything we say here So I'm kind of interested to hear Aaron Rodgers. Is he kind of calling us trolls cuz we just being honest Anything that we've said over the last couple of months here that we've been breaking down Aaron Rodgers in depth, did y'all ever consider that as trollish? Because we weren't trolling. We're not trolling, folks. Trolling is kind of lame in our opinion, but y'all do you. We don't care. Uh, But, yeah, it's like, Aaron Rodgers, are you taking a little bit of a shot at us? you taking a little bit of a shot at us? So let's see what he's saying here in this quote. Uh, After the game where he has a great performance and then Aaron Rodgers' classic, you know, comes out of his shell and talks after a great performance classic. You know, when it's, uh, you know, getting blown out, it's, you know, all uh, in the shell stuff. Muffled, (laughs) muffled in the shell stuff. Uh, But let's see what Aaron Rodgers is saying after this big old win. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers cautioned everyone not to freak out after the week one blowout loss to the New Orleans Saints Monday night. He propelled his team to a 37-17, to 17, or 35-17 to 17 vic, blowout victory over the Detroit Lions with some sterling throws to overcome a first half deficit. We truly saw those. Tra- fantastic. Rodgers was asked after the game what changed from week one to the next. He says, quote, I don't know. I think we maybe tried to show that we cared a little bit more tonight. Ha <laughs> ha Roger said a subtle jab at those who suggested he didn't care about the opening game loss. So Aaron Rodgers, obviously, you know, when he has the chance to, you know, take a shot at everybody, he does. I mean, we've seen that, folks. Aaron Rodgers loves taking shots at people. Uh, you know, he underperforms and then gets everybody talking because, you know, he's highly regarded as the greatest of all time. So his bad performances, yeah, it's going to get a reaction. It's going to get talked about because it's it goes the same. If Patrick Mahomes has a bad performance, if Tom Brady has a bad performance, everybody talks about them. But Aaron Rodgers kind of counts it as everybody taking shots at him and insulting him and being trolling to towards him and it's not it's just hey if you want to kind of be highly regarded in this league people are going to talk about you it's unfortunate especially when you put up a big old stinker and lay a big old egg like he did in week one but Aaron Rodgers can finally talk now because he blew out a Lions team <laughs> okay yeah fools on us right <laughs> uh, but here we go quote I think people like to say a lot of bullshit and it's nice to come back in here after a game like that um, so yeah of course you know Whenever you have a chance to kind of prove everybody wrong, of course you're going to say it. And that's what Aaron Rodgers does. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking about the trolls and all that. Okay, you do that, Aaron. I know Aaron Rodgers is, you know, so so excited with himself and so proud of himself, of his comments and, you know, doing good against the Lions team. All right, Aaron. Alright, and then this last quote here by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Let's read the lead up. Clearly Rodgers heard the loud chatter about last week's performance saying, quote, I think there's even more now than when I started playing. So many overreactions that happen. so So it's nice to then come out and have a good performance to get the trolls off of our backs, folks. The trolls off of our backs. Are we... Are we trolls for being honest about Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers floundering in the big games over and over and over again? Does that make us trolls because we're telling you what he's doing out on the field? Are we trolls for breaking down what Aaron Rodgers was doing on every single pass in those playoff games that he kind of floundered in because he's only got to one Super Bowl? Is that trolling, folks? I don't think so. I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to get a dunk. He wants a dunk in the median. This is a dunk. Everybody's playing up uh, up this quote right here. Everybody's playing up the dunk on the trolls. Classic. So, Aaron Rodgers, if you're calling us out, do it publicly. Call us by name. Takes by fans. Call me out, Aaron Rodgers. I'm calling I'm calling you out, Aaron Rodgers. I'm calling you out. Um, you better have a good performance next week, or we'll call you out. Negatively, this time. And won't kind of appreciate all the great throws to Devontae Adams that you made. So, Aaron Rodgers, you know, getting the dig to the trolls. The game he loves to play. Aaron Rodgers loves the media, folks. Don't let him fool you. The man loves getting the dunk in the last word and the no, he can never do no wrong to the fans. He loves all that, folks. He's actively buying into it and actively eating it up. All right, and then we got the losing side talking. We got Jared Goff on the second half. Woes versus the Packers says, quote, we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot, and that's exactly right, folks. Like we said, um, you know, the turnover on downs. These are all second-half drives. The turnover on downs going for it on fourth down. I like the decision, unfortunate execution, the fumble, the six plays, having to punt, the interception, the turnover on downs again. So truly, you know, they were in it in the first half and then just kept shooting themselves in the foot, not getting those first downs turning over the balls and it just unfortunately all became too much so let's quickly read what Jared Goff had to say about last night's loss so said quote yeah we just kept shooting ourselves in the foot there we had a good thing going in the first half and it was looking how we expected it to look really yeah just kept shooting ourselves in the foot in the second half so yeah I mean they were looking good they had the lead 17 of 14 fantastic and then unfortunate you know Aaron Rodgers came to play in the second half and the Pan, uh the um the lines just couldn't keep up pace all right now let's hear from Dan Campbell let's see what he's saying Quote the turnovers. That was the big thing. It wasn't like we couldn't run it. Every time offensively we struggle, it's because we shot ourselves in the foot. The one possession we didn't score on the first half was our own doing. We had a holding call. call we had a false start. We had an intentional grounding. And then you go into the second half, and we had a fumbled. We had the fumble snap. So that's a waste. That's a wasted snap. They fell on it. We had the interception trying to make a play, which I understand why he's trying to make a play you're down that much it's self-inflicted wounds and then you reach a certain point where you're trying to continue to run your offense and be able to run run it a little bit run the ball but yet you're also pressed pressed for time we only have two timeouts you're down three scores and you kind of get In a bind. That's not the world we want to live in. So solid, you know, quote there by Dan Campbell, truly breaking it down, and it's just unfortunate. But once again, like we said, we still give credit to this Lions team for being competitive in the first half. um, Because the bar of expectations are low here for the Lions. Obviously, we want to rise that bar as the season progresses. We can't truly fully jump off this Lions team just quite yet. This Lions team is better than the Falcons. The Falcons are truly the worst team in the league, folks. I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Texans over the Falcons any week of the season, folks, truly. So still early in the season. Still early in Jared Goff's kind of career here in Detroit. Still early in Dan Campbell's tenure. So we'll see if they continue to progress here as the season continues. We hope they do, and uh, we hope they are competitive and don't go 0-17. But... We will see what happens. So that was Monday Night Football. Week 2 is officially wrapped up. And now it's starting, you know, it's uh, let's continue uh, breaking down week 2 before we get into week 3, which will be on Thursday. show when we officially begin breaking and talking about week 3. But we've got some other things to do today. So let's go into one of our main segments today. It is Tide and Tuesday, baby. And we are on a mission to crown the best. Ba- Tight end in the league. Tight end university is a big narrative, a big mantra, um, a big a big segment in this NFL season and we've got the 2021 we want to name the 2021 summa cum laude tight end of tight end university and how are we do that we are giving out grades on a weekly basis to the tight ends that truly showed out now uh, we did a little bit of a tweak here last week we were ranking through like one through five and all that the top tight ends but we are retweaking it to just naming the grade There will be no weekly rankings. There will be a final ranking once um, all the grades have been given out and we see what they were doing throughout the entire season. But so far, we are just breaking down the grades and handing out grades. So for week one, these are the tight ends that showed out. Rob Gronkowski got an A plus. Congratulations, Darren Waller got an A plus. T.J. Hawkinson had an A minus. Dallas Goddard got a B plus. Travis Kelsey got an A plus. Tyler Higby got a C plus. Logan Thomas got a B plus, and George Kittle got a B. Now, not all tight ends make this list. You have to show out. Your team kind of has to be very competitive, really kind of win the game. Uh, we're not really taking that many losers in tight end university, but the tight ends that showed out did great led to points either directly or indirectly by, you know, being good on a drive and, you know, picking up a first down on a drive. So those are the tight ends that we are showing out and, um, kind of representing here. And, uh, Tight ends came to play in week two tight end showed up to class in week two And we've got a lot of tight ends to shout out in grade. So let's start seeing what was going on in week two So our first new welcome this new tight end folks this tight end did not do anything week one But he showed out in week two So let's give it up for our first tight end to shout out here, and that's Ricky seals Jones Did y'all forget because it was Thursday because we did not Ricky seals Jones go ahead score right here in the fourth quarter only catch of the game and it was a touchdown toe tapping absolutely great extension right here and we broke this all down on Thursday and we gushed over it we loved it we said that we are going to pay Ricky Seals tuition for to attend tight end university next season next year, and uh, man oh man, truly earned right here, so Ricky Seals-Jones, a great catch right here, and we are going to give his performance an A, an A folks, if it was the game winning score, we would have gave it an A+, but just because uh, they had to go down to score another field goal to win the game, we're only going to give it an A, but it was the go ahead score at the time, absolutely fantastic, Ricky Seals-Jones, welcome to Titan University, and congratulations on the A. For the week's performance. Ricky Seals-Jones, congratulations. Let's give him the A here for his week two performance. Congratulations. All righty. Our next tight end and a new tight end here. So, once again, welcome this tight end. And we've got tight end Noah Fant from the Denver Broncos. Fantastic. All right. We've got uh, he, let's uh, read his stat line right here quickly. Noah Fant, four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. Well, let's see what this touchdown was all about and when it came. So here we go. Second half, third quarter, 12 minutes, 50 seconds left. And the Denver Broncos are only up three, 10 to 10-7 against the Jags. Teddy Bridgewater in the red zone. Let's see what Noah Fant does here on this play. Here we go. Five wide empty backfield for Teddy Bridgewater. Noah Fant catches it at the eight-yard line, breaks a tackle, and then slides into the end zone to extend the lead to a 11-point, nope, 10-point lead right there in the second half. Noah Fant very, very well done overall here. We are going to give Noah Fant a B-plus for his production this week against the Jags. So well done, Noah Fant, officially attending Titan University this year. And we give you a B-plus for your performance. Well done. Keep it up. And we want to see you keep showing out here as the season progresses. And I want to see A-pluses out of you, Noah Fant, because I know you've got it in you. Know you got it in you. Well done, Noah Fant, on the B-plus. All righty next tight end to shot out here. We got to go to the Colts game and we know the Colts lost But this tight end kept the game close here for this Colts team and we got us. Sh- we got a shout out Jack Doyle now he had five catches for 64 yards. He did not score directly himself But but he contributed to a lot of the scoring here so here we go in the second quarter the field goal that they ended up getting in the second quarter We had Jack Doyle catching a 13-yard pass to pick up the first down on first and 10. Real solid right there, helping to move the ball, especially early on in the drive. The first pass play, the first play of the drive from their own 25-yard line was a 13-yard pass to Jack Doyle. The end result was a field goal. Well done. And they were also kind of on their two-minute drill with a minute 51 seconds left in the first half to go down and score that field goal. Well done by Jack Doyle. Then, the touchdown that came in the third quarter. We had a big play here by, um. where is he at? Um, Jack Doyle. Here we go. Nope, nope, nope. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Where are we Are Third and two. Third and two pickup. Where is that at? Did I write down my notes wrong? Here we go. Third and two, 12-yard pass to Jack Doyle to pick up the first down. And then the next play, after picking up the first down, because it's third and two, they don't pick it up. They have to punt because they're at their own 48-yard line. The next drive, the next play gets them at the 40-yard line, and they're able to go in for the score a couple of plays later. So Jack Doyle picking up the first down there. Fantastic. And then the fourth quarter, game-tying field goal. A big pass play, 34 yards to Jack Doyle to go from the Colts 44 yard line to the Rams 22 yard line and puts them in field goal range, field goal territory all by himself and we got the play here queued up so let's watch Jack Doyle right here pick up this first down and put them in field goal territory here we go, play action pass by Carson Wentz, wide open Jack Doyle on the right sideline look at that, picks up another 10 yards after the catch, brings them down to the 22. They set up the game-tying field goal. So well done by Jack Doyle. Yes, he didn't score himself throughout the game, but he put his team in position, picked up big-time first downs that led to touchdowns and scores and field goals. So well done by Jack Doyle. We are going to give him a B- for his performance in week two. Well done and welcome to Titan University officially. Alrighty, righty, this tight end is already at Tight End University. Obviously, this man is one of the greats out here. One of the leaders of the summa cum laude award. Uh, but we got to go to the Raiders game and watch Darren Waller. Now, Darren Waller did not play the best, did not play you know, good, as good as he did in week one. He had five catches for 65 yards, no scores himself. But he had the game kind of ceiling catch right here So let's watch this play by Darren Waller the tight end for the Raiders Raiders up 23 to 17 still only a one possession game Three minutes left in the fourth quarter. It is second and seven the Steelers still have one timeout So, you know, you can't just run out the clock You can't just kind of you know run every play You have to pick up at least one first down to truly milk off the rest of the clock and let's see what they do here on second and seven Here we go Derek Carr under center It's just a straight up drop back, floats it out to Darren Waller. Darren Waller got some nice separation right there. Derek Carr puts the ball right on the money between the corner and the safety, closing out over the top. And just watch Darren Waller catch this ball, pick up the first down. This went for about 20 yards, picks up the first down, and ices the game single-handedly right there. Well done to Darren Waller. He had an A-plus week one, but we do have to kind of knock him down to just a C-plus in week two. Unfortunate. Uh, No score. Uh, he iced the game, which is his biggest thing, and we are going to give him a C-plus for that. So, Darren Waller, solid grade right here, and we hope you bring it even more come next week. But, well done to make the list two weeks in a row. Well done, Darren Waller. Alrighty, we got a new tight end, another new tight end coming up to Titan university. So, everybody give this man a big round of applause here. But, the new tight end... Uh, making his way in 2021 is Dan Arnold, tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Alrighty, righty. This man was the third leading receiver here for the Panthers last week against the Saints. He had three catches for 55 yards. No touchdown, no score himself, but we got a nice play right here. First quarter uh, field goal drive right here. He ended up coming um, away on a 2nd and 20. A 2nd and 20, folks. 2nd and 20. 19-yard pass over the middle of the field. Goes to Dan Arnold. Brings them to a 3rd and 1. 3rd and manageable now that they have Christian McCaffrey go and pick up on the ground, obviously. And they go out and pick up the field goal on that drive. Well done. And then... On the touchdown drive, did he have anything on this touchdown drive? Is that what we have on our notes? What play do we have up? Let's just run this play. Let's see what this play is all about. What do we got a play up here for? We got a Dan Arnold play here in the red zone. Here we go. They're up 10-0 right here in the second quarter. Three minutes left. They're at the Saints 25-yard line. Sam Darnold pump faking, escaping out of the pocket, and then hits Dan Arnold to drive them down to the 5-yard line. And they uh, get a... You get anything off of this drive? You get a touchdown off this drive? You do get a touchdown off this drive. That's what we got. Yes, sir. Dan Arnold coming up clutch for the field goal. Coming up big time for the touchdown. Single-handedly kind of putting up 10 points on the board because of the first down pickups, because of the big playability. So, welcome here to tight end university. Dan, Dan Arnold, first appearance, and we're going to give him a good old c plus out here. Well done. uh, Dan Arnold finally coming to tight end University welcome C plus for his week 2 performance All righty, who do we got up next here that we got a shout-out tight end-wise? Another new tight end out here at Tight End University. So once again, keep the round of applause coming. And this time we're going to the Cardinals, and we're going to Max Williams. Absolutely great job here against the Vikings. He was the second leading receiver here for the Cardinals. Seven receptions for 94 yards. Now, once again, he didn't score, but indirectly led his team to score. So, the second quarter touchdown. Here we go. We got Max Williams. A big 34-yard pass out here. So, let's see what we've got going on here. Kyler Murray throwing from his own 25-yard line. It's a play-action pass. And then just... The ball gets tipped around and it's Max Williams bringing across midfield. I mean, what a heads up play here by Max Williams! Heads up play, it gets tipped at the line, it bounces off a linebacker, and then it just falls into his hands 10 yards down the field. Bizarre, but he made the most out of it. And there he goes, 34 yard pickup there by Max Williams. Heads up play, folks. That's what they teach there at Tight End University, the Tight End Summit. Heads up play, and Max Williams uh, truly attended that course of heads up. Uh, So well done there by by Max Williams. And then we've got another one. So that play led to a touchdown. Well done. Um, That drive resulted in a touchdown. And then we've got another drive here in the third quarter. Let's see what Max Williams does here. Cardinals are down six points. They're at the Vikings 35-yard line. And Kyler Murray goes deep, deep down to Max Williams who brings them inside the 10-yard line. Just watch Max Williams get open right here. Here he is streaking down the field. Nobody gets them wide open, makes a surefire catch right there, brings them inside the red zone, and they capitalize and score a touchdown. Well done. So responsible for two touchdowns. We give Max Williams credit. Big catches all game long. Put him, in field, uh, put him in scoring position. That's all we are looking for. Obviously, you know, if you could score, great, do that. But uh, that's not the end-all, be-all. Tight ends, you know, they're, they don't always want the credit. They just want to kind of help the team move the ball and do their part. And that's what these tight ends were doing all week long. So we give Max Williams a huge old A grade for his Week 2 performance. And, you know, this Cardinals team down early against the Vikings. They come out and show out. And, uh, you know, keep scoring the ball. And Max Williams was a huge reason for that. So, shout out to Max Williams. Well done for your great production. You get an A. Alrighty. Well, we've got uh, a returning student, obviously. And uh, this man killed it week one with an A-plus rating. And this man is fighting for another A-plus. Let's see if we give it to him. So, the next person on this list is obviously the, the class favorite. The, uh... Uh, the head of the class, the teacher's pet, um, the one that gets an A-plus on every single grade that you hate, that you kind of cheat off of a little bit. you like, oh, I'm not sure of this answer. Let me take a quick peek. I just kind of want to confirm. He, he definitely knows it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Okay, I'll arc it down. So it's everybody's favorite out here, Rob Gronkowski, folks. And uh, this man, let's get his highlights or his uh, official stat lineup. Rob Gronkowski, third leading receiver here for the Bucks against the uh, Falcons team. He has four catches for 39 yards and two touchdowns. Two big old scores. Single-handedly here by Rob Gronkowski. So let's see what these were looking like out here. Here we go. First uh, play up here. let's re let's see this one. Here we go. Nope, this is the wrong highlight. All right. here we go. Let's click the right highlight this time. Here we go. First touchdown of the game. First touchdown of the game from the 20-yard line in the red zone. Tom Brady goes to Rob Gronkowski, who's wide open, and then takes a shot from the three-yard line and drags the defender across the goal line for the score. Rob Gronkowski, first touchdown of the game to get the Bucks out to a 7-0 lead. But Rob Gronkowski's not done in the early game, folks. He's ready to extend this lead. Rob Gronkowski, first two touchdowns of the game game here for the box bingo Bango! that's how you do it let's watch his second touchdown big old lead here this is how you start the game Tom Brady from the one yard line play action pass and then this is too easy right here Rob Gronkowski breaking free just a a, a block and release and nobody stays with them how do you not double quadruple quintuple coverage Rob Gronkowski in the end zone when it's especially a tight formation and Tom Brady's under center you know he's going to go out for a pass and there he is, a little bit out in front, uh, not 100% accurate there by Tom Brady, but it's Gronk, he will catch anything you throw in a one mile radius of him, and there he goes, diving down to the ground to catch this ball, Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns, first two scores of the game, of course, we gotta give him another A plus ranking, man oh man, who is going to be competing out here with Rob Gronkowski for summa cum laude honors, folks, Folks, man, oh, man, it seems like Rob Gronkowski is going to be wearing those nice uh, summa cum laude uh, colors over his, uh, uh, what is it called, a gown? Oh, man, Uh, what do you wear during the graduation? Um, I'm blanking on it. Um, Whatever it is, it's Rob Gronkowski, folks. A plus. Fantastic. Um, All right. The next tight end, I don't really want to put him on this list, but he showed up to class, so I kind of give him got to give him a little bit of a grade. So, all right, let's watch Kyle Pitts. Here we go. Kyle Pitts, leading receiver for the Falcons. So I appreciate him showing up. Five catches for 73 yards, no touchdown. All right, wish we you know a little underperforming. When you know I heard Kyle Pitts was coming to class, I got all excited. But, you know, he kind of, you know, did his homework at the last (laughs) – did his homework at the last second. So, here we go. Let's watch this – we'll watch this catch right here, I guess. Here we go. Kyle Pitts. This is what he showed this week. Here we go. Wide open. Down 14-0. Wide open. Good catch. Brought him down inside the red zone. All right. Did they score off this? Did they score a touchdown off this drive? They did. Okay. That's good. All right, that's good, but still, at the end of the day, nothing truly great. So, Kyle Pitts, thanks for showing up. Not the greatest. We're going to give him a C. We'll give him a C for his Week 2 performance. Bring something better next week, please. Score, Score some points. Hopefully, you know... The Falcons being bad is also why, you know, Kyle Pitts isn't able to kind of show out because they only put up 28 points and because it was kind of a big old blot. So, Kyle Pitts, come to class a little bit more prepared next week, please. All righty, let's go to another returner out here, and this time another kind of teacher's pet, everybody's favorite, always scoring A-pluses, last week got an A-plus, and this week as well, probably going to get another A-plus out here. We got to go to Travis Kelsey, folks, Travis Kelsey, here we go. Final stat line for Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs. Obviously, a leading receiver here because uh, Tyreek Hill was shut down the entire game. So, Travis Kelsey had to show up and he did. Seven receptions for 109 yards and he scored a touchdown. Fantastic. And he helped on some of these drives here. So, here we go. First quarter touchdown drive. Travis Kelsey making it an appearance right here. We got Travis Kelsey on 3rd and 2, 10 yard reception to pick up the first down. That's what we're talking about and that drive leads to a touchdown. Well done by Travis Kelsey. Then here we go. We get a 2nd quarter touchdown drive right here. And once again, it's Travis Kelsey coming up big time here. 1st and 10, 14 yard pass to Travis Kelsey. Picks up the first down, keeps the chain and the momentum moving. That results in a touchdown. Then in the third quarter, Travis Kelsey once again helping out on the touchdown drive. Here we go, second and 3, 5-yard pass to Travis Kelsey to pick up the first down. That results in a touchdown. And then Travis Kelsey was like, "Hey, I like, you know, I like giving y'all the touchdowns, but how about you throw one my way?" And that's exactly what happens. Uh do we not have this queued up? I thought we had the Travis Kelsey touchdown pass queued up. We're gonna have to get this up on the board quickly right here. 707 in the third quarter. Let's bring this up quickly, quickly, quickly right here. We gotta watch Travis Kelsey score. No. It's not an automatic highlight, which I don't understand why. Why, but we can bring it up very, very quickly right here. So let's get the 707 in the third quarter. Let's see what Travis Kelsey was doing. And see if he deserves an A-plus grade. Does Travis Kelsey deserve an A-plus grade out here? Let's quickly find out. Alrighty, here we go. Here we go. Got it queued up. Rewind 10 more seconds to get the start of the play. And we will see Travis Kelsey scoring the ball. So let's see how he does it. Here we go. Second and ten and the Chiefs are up four points here in the third quarter. Let's see what Travis Kelsey does here We go second and ten from the Ravens 45 yard line Patrick Holmes escaping out of the pocket finds Travis Kelsey And he then he takes it 40 yards down the field That's what we're talking about the run after the catch the great blocking Weaving in and out of traffic taking the hits and staying on his feet is that not the culmination of everything that all these tight ends learned at tight end university Every single class being open, uh, playing open for your quarterback that is scrambling in the pocket—that's a class. Catching the ball is obviously a class. Run after the catch is obviously, a, obviously a class. Following your blockers is obviously, obviously a class. Taking the hits and weaving in and out of traffic down the field is obviously a class. And that's a master class there of all those fundamentals coming together. And that's Travis Kelsey, baby. Getting it done. Scoring the ball himself. Setting up all the other scores. It's Travis Kelsey, baby. Another A-plus performance. Back-to-back A-plus performances here by Travis Kelsey. Give the man credit. The man wants the summa cum laude honors, folks. All right, two more tight ends to wrap up this week that showed out. The next tight end we've got to give a little bit of credit to is TJ Hawkinson, folks. Unfortunate, man, that this man's not on the best team, but he is still doing everything in his power to show out here for the tight ends at Tight End University and take everything that he has learned from that. So here we go, TJ Hawkinson. Here we go. They're a uh, tie game 7-7 from the 9-yard line of Green Bay. TJ Hawkinson, bingo, bango, corner of the end zone, catches the ball two feet down and that's a touchdown for big old TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. Can we talk about the great throw here by Jared Goff? A rainbow floater in the back of the end zone and that's TJ Hawkinson catching the ball over his shoulder like, you know, one of the top wide receivers was looking like Devontae Adams in this game and he's a tight end. Give that man some credit. Well done by TJ Hawkinson. Fantastic. Now we got another play up here. Queued up by TJ Hawkinson. Let's see what he can do. Tied 14-14. Jared Goff at midfield. Play action pass. Plenty of time to throw. And then just finds a wide open TJ Hawkinson at the 30-yard line. Gets them into field goal range right before the end of half. Look at the time on the clock. 24 seconds left. Now in field goal position because of TJ Hawkinson. Give the man some credit. And then that is it. So two big old plays there by TJ Hawkinson. Seven points for himself. Another three right there. He was also the leading receiver here for the line. So truly doing his part and more out here. So TJ Hawkinson, he showed up last week with an A- and I think we're going to give him another A- minus out here. Just unfortunate his team isn't more competitive, isn't better down the wire, so he can kind of make a touchdown or a score in the fourth quarter to kind of help him take the lead or uh, tie the game. So it's hard for TJ Hawkinson to get these A-plus ratings, but we'll still keep him at the A's because this man is truly single-handedly keeping this Lions team relevant this season. So TJ Hawkinson, congratulations. An A-minus for your Week 2 performance. Keeping up with Rob Gronkowski and the kind of uh, teacher's pets out here. Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. Alrighty, and then the last tight end to give a little bit of credit to. A new tight end joining the list here this week. We're going to give a little love to Packers tight end, Uh, Robert Tanyan, who ended up scoring in this game. Give the man some credit. So, Robert Tanyan, three catches for 52 yards and a score. Let's watch this score. This was third quarter, folks. The Packers' first drive out of halftime. Down three points. Here we go. Packers from the Lions 22-yard line. And then it's Robert Tanyan over the middle, double-covered, double and catches the ball in traffic. We watched this uh, replay when we were breaking down Aaron Rodgers for the Monday night game, but it's still it's a great throw. Don't get us wrong, but it's still a great catch here. Robert Tanyan to take the lead when they're down. Bring all the momentum back to Green Bay, the home team. And there it is, Robert Tanyan, 30 yards out for the score. Two defenders really draped all over him. Gotta love it. Let's watch it one more time. Robert Tanyan brings the ball in. Fantastic. Score, seven points. So, congratulations to Robert Tanyan. And we're going to give him a real solid, real solid B-plus rating. Robert Tanyan, welcome to End University. B-plus rating for his week two performance. Alrighty, so now tight end university is truly filling to the brim here All the tight ends are showing out or are starting to emerge to uh, kind of shout out here And get it done at tight end university. Everybody's fighting for the highest honor awarded at tight end university. The summa cum laude. And we will name that tight end by the end of the season. And so far, Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski are in front with A-plus grades for week one and week two. So, you got to keep it up. George Kittle didn't even get a grade this week. George Kittle didn't even show up this week. So, Get it going, get it together, and we'll see who shows out and shows up to tight end university next week. But uh, shout out to the tight ends, folks. Absolute great play. Alrighty, now let's go to our next segment, our next topic, which is the fame and shame list. We do our due diligence every single week of giving you our picks and what we think is going to happen this week. We study the film. We study the stats. We see what they're going against. We see what they're good and what they're bad against and what they can't defend. And we give you our picks. So we hold the players accountable because... Somebody's got to be held accountable. It's not going to be us because we did our due diligence. We did our research. We did our homework. We are here talking an hour and a half, two hours every single day. And when it comes time to prepare and get it done on the field, some players go ghosts, so those go on the shame list. But some players show up, and they go on the fame list. So we celebrate... And kind of knock the players that did and did not show up for us in our official picks this week. So, let's see who we've got on the fame and shame list this week. Let's start here with the fame list. Let's get the the celebration out of the way first. So, let's remind everybody of our picks for this week. And what we are going to be basing these fame and shame list performances on. So, this week we had... Dolphins minus four, or Arizona minus four, Dolphins plus three, Rams minus three and a half, Texans plus twelve and a half, Saints minus three and a half, and Cowboys plus three and a half. Yes, I know, there's more shameless this week than fameless, and that's not where we want to be. So, we're going to get right back next week, and there's going to be no shameless next week, right, everybody, right? But we got to do the list this week. So, here we go. The first People, players, persons, on the fame list this week, we're giving credit to Dan Quinn, baby. Woof That defense performance, we took the Cowboys plus three and a half, we really liked them straight up, they win straight up, bingo, bingo, and that is kind of in part with Dan Quinn's defense. All the injuries on the defensive line, having to switch Micah Parsons from linebacker to defensive end, which worked beautifully, he ended up getting sacked and a couple of pressures. Dan Quinn, we didn't give him a a lot of credit heading into the season, but these first two weeks, he's truly getting it done. Held the Chargers to 17 points, uh, forced a couple of turnovers, and that's why we love this Dan Quinn defense because they are true ball hawks. Two interceptions by Justin Herbert. They lose by three. You got to give a lot of credit to the defense of truly winning this game. So Dan Quinn, welcome to the fame list for your defensive performance. Uh, let's get the date up here for uh 9-19. 9-19 21 Defense holds big. Fantastic. Alrighty, but we're also gonna celebrate somebody else from this Cowboys game. We want to celebrate somebody offensively. I really want to shout out Dak, and we're gonna shout out Dak, but he's not getting on the fame list here. We're gonna shout out Tony Pollard, the running back here for the Cowboys, now, we love Ezekiel Elliott, and this is not a knock of Zeke by putting Tony Pollard on this list. Tony Pollard and Zeke both got it done in the running and passing game. Both real solid out here. Tony Pollard, 109 yards rushing and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, 71 yards rushing and a touchdown. Both great performances. And then in the passing game, the receiving game, Tony Pollard, three catches for 31 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, two catches for 26 yards. Both truly getting it done and helping helping their team move the ball. We're just going to give Tony Pollard a little bit of an extra oomph over Zeke because in the end he did have more yards. So well done to Tony Pollard for your offensive performance to help win uh, win the game straight up. Help us hit that plus three and a half right there. So well done. Big offensive game. All and then we've got two more, two more fameless uh, that we got to shout out here. The first one is going to be Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he goes down so a little bit of an honorary uh, fameless nod right here. Tyrod Taylor for keeping it competitive, keep getting it done, putting up, what did they put up, 14 points with Tyrod Taylor. 14 points. They go into halftime tied 14-14 because of Tyrod Taylor. We had the Texans plus 12 and a half. We love what this Texans team is how they're competitive even though everybody just instantly was writing them off. They're handling the distractions uh with Deshaun Watson so well and Tyrod Taylor went out there and showed out when he was healthy. We're hoping for a speedy recovery. So shout out to Tyrod Taylor helping, you know, this team get out to a good start helping them kind of keep that momentum going in the second half after you went down, and uh, they cover the 12-and-a-half. So, Tyrod Taylor, thank you for getting the offense out to a good start. Got the team out to a great start. Love it. Also, did he did he make Baker Mayfield pay for that interception that he threw? When did those touchdowns come? Let's quickly see that really quickly. Where's this Jags game at? or this Texans game out. Here we go. Uh, So we get Baker Mayfield throwing the interception, and then they go down to score a touchdown. So, yeah, absolutely. Tyrod Taylor getting it done. And then we're also going to shout out David Coley, the uh, the head coach of the Texans, folks, for his performance here because he kept the team engaged. And I love that David Coley is truly keeping the entire attention inside the locker room on football and winning and being competitive week to week. He's not, you know, stringing along to Sean Watson and making that kind of narrative Influence in, in fact, the locker room with, is he going to play? Is he going to go? What's going to happen here? They're truly keeping the two narratives of the team, the football team that competes every single week, and the narrative of Deshaun Watson. Is he going to go to jail? Is he going to get traded? What's going to happen? Truly keeping that second separate keeping the locker room truly together and intact right here, and then has confidence to be like, no, we're going to go with Davis Mills after Tyrod Taylor goes down. We're not scrambling, looking for another quarterback. We're not thinking about going back to Deshaun Watson. Everybody's on the right mind right here. They keep the game close. They kept the game competitive in the second half after Tyrod Taylor goes down. I mean, the team could have just caved in offensively, defensively, but everybody stayed the course. The Texans put up seven points in the second half, and the Browns only put up 17 points, and they lose by 10 right there. So well done by David Culley, keeping everybody's minds straight in the locker room. Keeping the locker room together. I love it, folks. So those are our four fame list, um winners for the week. Thank you for doing your part. Uh, thank you for giving us the confidence, or thank you for... Taking our confidence of betting on you and talking about you and believing in you guys and taking our confidence and doing the right things with it. Dan Quinn, Tony Pollard, Taylor or Tyrod Taylor, and David Culley, thank you. Thank you for doing what you were supposed to be doing this week. We appreciate you. But now let's see the players that didn't do their job. And there was a lot of them, folks. There was a lot of them. Um, So let's start talking about the shame list. Here we go, first one up, we got to go with the Cardinals defense. I'm glad y'all won, so we can still kind of keep you high in our power rankings, that's great. But we ended up swallowing four, you're at home, in the Cardinals defense truly laid a little bit of an egg. They were giving up points left and right, early, late. Now luckily, they missed the game-winning field goal the Vikings did. And didn't really have anything to do with their defense, that's just a kicker being trash. But um, overall, the Cardinals defense kind of got it done, they won by one, so they just did the bare minimum. But unfortunately, didn't cover our bet of Cardinals minus four. So Cardinals defense for your 919-21 performance allowed too many points. Too many points there. Womp womp. So they win by one. We needed them to win by four. Thank you for waiting, like we said. So we can still kind of talk about this Cardinals team very, very highly. We do consider this Cardinals team very, very highly. We're going to do our power rankings in the next segment. And we've already had them at number two going into this week. So we'll see where they move, up or down. Oh Yeah, but the Cardinals defense, I mean, geez, Louise, how do you give up all these points to this Vikings team? And they didn't even force a turnover. You don't force Delvin Cook a fumble. You don't force... Uh, Kirk Cousins in interception Come on Cardinals defense Gotta be a little bit better than that Damn it Damn you Cardinals defense Alrighty The next people on the shameless Well this was the, our biggest loss of the week Folks holy moly Cardinals plus three and a half. It didn't even matter. Or Dolphins plus three and a half. It didn't even matter if we took Dolphins plus ten and a half. It wouldn't have mattered if we took Dolphins the lock. I mean, this would have been a lock. I mean, Dolphins plus twenty and a half. We couldn't even took Dolphins plus thirty and a half. It wouldn't have even mattered. It wouldn't have even mattered. They lose by thirty-five. Thirty-five. Nothing. And people have to pay for this one. People truly got to pay for this one. So the first one up is going to be the Dolphins offensive line. Dolphins offensive line. What the hell? You're not even protecting Tua. You get the man injured. We can't do anything passing the ball because the Dolphins offensive line is giving them no time to throw. And then you hurt Tua, our franchise guy. Dolphins offensive line. Shame on you, Big time for not being prepared for getting your ass beat by that Buffalo Bills defensive front over and 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 over again and getting Tua injured. Your main focus on the offensive line is to protect the quarterback, the life and blood of the team overall. And you just be like, oh, my bad. Oh, he got by me. Tua, are you good? Tua, I'm sorry. Are you good? He's down in pain. Sorry, Tua. Sorry. Uh, I'll be better next play. Well, it's already too late. The man's out for the entire game. Shame on the defense or the offensive line getting Tua hurt. But that's not all that screwed up this Dolphins team. We got to put a huge, huge blame on these Dolphins wide receivers. What the hell were y'all doing? What the heck were y'all doing? Absolutely pathetic performances by every single Dolphins wide receiver from Sunday. Absolutely pathetic. So here we go. Jalen Waddle can't catch the fourth and two. That's unfortunately on Tua as well. But the offensive line once again gave Tua like 1.9 seconds to throw. That videos in clip is making its round on Twitter. The fourth and two turnover on downs, trying to go to Jalen Waddle. Offensive line instantly buckles, and it, Tua has like one second to throw the ball. Alrighty then on uh, what do we got here the fumble who fumbled this ball wasn't it one of the wide receivers? Yeah, Jakeem Grant pass short to Jakeem Grant who fumbles the ball Come on. We are in the Buffalo Bills red zone at the 11-yard line and you give up a fumble Come on. We were gonna make this a competitive 14 to 7 game going into halftime and you drop the ball unbelievable Unbelievable. We had uh, let's go to uh, this drive. This uh, I think this is uh, the interception drive, where we got uh, Devante Parker dropping balls. He also dropped the ball in the end zone. Mike Gasicki uh not catching the ball and it going intercepted. Uh, that's probably a little bit more on Jacoby Brissett, but we're not gonna put Jacoby Brissett on the uh, shameless because he really shouldn't have been out there anyway. Um, where is this pass here? to Devontae Parker in the end zone. Here we go. This is it. Right here. First and 10 on Buffalo's 32-yard line. Jacoby Brissett passed deep over the middle to Devontae Parker who was wide open in the end zone and then it just fell off of his hands. Fumble. They led to the fumble drive. I mean, just truly garbage all over the place right here by these Dolphins wide receivers not catching the ball, fumbling. What the hell were y'all doing? Absolutely true. Trash right here. Absolutely pathetic trash. Jakeem Grant loses a fumble. That's wide receiver Jalen Waddle loses a fumble. And Devontae Parker can't catch in the end zone. So absolutely pathetic. Dolphins receivers. Pathetic shame. Shame on them. Shame. 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 Shame, folks. Dolphins receivers for drops. And fumbles. Absolutely trash. Stalling in the red zone multiple times. Absolutely pathetic. All righty. We got uh, one more person to go on the shame list. And we uh, we believed in Jameis Winston a little bit for his red zone accuracy. But the man never got in the red zone. And the man absolutely floundered. So we got to put Jameis Winston on this shame list, unfortunately. But what the hell? What the hell? Not moving the ball? What the hell is that? You're supposed to be the quarterback. You're supposed to be the big arm. You're the 30-plus touchdowns, 5,000 yards in a season. And now you want to dink and dunk and move the ball 100 yards a game? 100 yards a game? What the hell are you doing? Two interceptions. James Winston, I thought we cleaned those up. What the hell are you doing? Not moving the ball. 11 of 22, 50% completion percentage for 111 yards? What the hell are you doing, James? Damn you. Damn you. James Winston, truly not looking good and now his kind of career is in jeopardy. Do they go with Taysom Hill? So, Jameis Winston, big flounder job out here. Definitely could have moved the ball here. This Panthers team isn't kind of, you know, A1, Tier 1 team. I would say definitely solid Tier 2 team that could potentially reach Tier 1. But, you know, your great performance in the red zone, you couldn't just sling the ball around a little bit, move the ball accuracy accurately. I mean, not, you put up seven points because who Sam Darnold threw an interception. I mean, you got a turnover and you went like four yards. I mean, the touchdown, let's look at the touchdown drive. They went 18 yards off of the Sam Darnold interception. Congratulations. Congratulations. You can Move the ball 18 yards, you get blown out because of that. So, Jameis Winston, for not moving the ball, can you move the ball? Can you get at least into field goal territory? You did not move the ball at all. Shame. Shame on Jameis Winston. Shame. Having everybody buying in, having everybody eating W's last week, and now you're getting blown out. So, Jameis Winston, not moving the ball. Shame. Shame on thy. Shame on thy. So, Cardinals defense. Dolphins offensive line, Dolphins receivers, Jameis Winston, shame, shame on all your houses, shame, shame, shame. All so that was the Fame and Shameless for this week. Now let's head over to the Power Rankings, folks. Now that every team has played for week two, we can see where these teams are ranking after two weeks. All righty, we have some teams going two and zero, some teams going one and one. We're gonna have to move off some teams out here. What do we got? Uh, we got one team dropping off, two teams dropping off. Three teams dropping off. Three teams dropping off. That means three new teams in the top ten. So let's get it cracking here. We're going to take it ten to one. Uh, Coming into this week, this was our power rankings. 49ers at 10, Eagles at 9, Cowboys at 8, Browns at 7, Saints at 6, Seahawks at 5, Bucks at 4, Chiefs at 3, Cardinals at 2, and the Rams at number 1. Do we have a new number 1 this week? Do we have a new number 2? Do we have a new number 5, new number 6, new number 10? What do we got going on this week? Who impressed us? Who showed up and who showed out and who didn't show up at all? Well, here we go. Our first team up here in the top 10 is a little bit of a move back. A little bit of a move back in this number 10 and 11. We're very, very close, but I'm going to give the edge. I'm going to give the edge to the team that was on this list already. So I will just say kind of number 11 right off the rip is going to be the Packers. We're not putting the Packers on the top 10. They had a stinker. They had a bl- kind of a blowout in the second half. But we'll see what Aaron Rodgers can do when he faces a better opponent. That's going to come up this week. What do we say? The 49ers. That's, what, that's who they've got coming up on Sunday night football. Yes, Packers at 49ers. So that's going to be a huge test. And we'll see if the Packers can get in the power rankings next week if they win that game. But we're going to hold off on the Packers. We have a great game by... Aaron Rodgers, we have a bad game. That's 50-50. I'm not comfortable with putting that in the top 10 just quite yet. But the new number 10 team is a little bit of a drop back here, and I'm going to put the Browns at number 10. Obviously, 7 last week dropped down to number 10 this week, and I drop them down slightly. They got the win, which is great. But in the optics... I know we talk up the Texans here on the show, um, and that's fine. I've got no problem, you know, talking up the Texans. I do think they are a really kind of solid team, but honestly, this Browns team should have blown them out and really should have blown them out after Tyrod Taylor went down, and they just never did. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a great performance. Baker Mayfield played really well in this game. He had like two incompletions. They were moving the ball, but just collectively, it should have just been a blowout here for the Browns, so I'm going to kind of knock the Browns a little bit, and we're definitely celebrating. We've already celebrated the Texans here this week, but we're going to move the Browns back a little bit. Everything is great. Their play calling is great. Uh, Kevin Sofanski is calling accurate plays for Baker Mayfield. They won without OBJ, which was great. They won without Jarvis Landry, which was great. I think he got injured real early in this game. Uh, the defense is great. The running backs, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are getting it done, running back by committee. The defense is getting it done. Uh, this Browns team is truly a great team overall. Uh, you know, Unfortunately, they lost against the Chiefs close close Close, close, close. It was close. That's why we put him on this list, because it was close and competitive. But we really wanted to see like a blowout, especially when you faced you know, a tough opponent in the Chiefs. That's really when you should have just let it all out. You know, all your frustration and pissed off that you couldn't beat the Chiefs. That should have all came out this week. So we're penalizing the Browns just a little bit, a little bit this week for not blowing out the Texans. And as well, you know, some other teams really kind of impressed us this week. So we kind of leapfrogged them over the Browns a tad. So Browns moving down to number 10. This is not a knock on the Browns. We are still big buying into this Browns team. Love everything about it. Just have to move them down a little bit this week. So, Browns at 10. Alrighty, new number uh, 9 team, and the Eagles are officially off the list, and it's unfortunate. We do buy into this Eagles team, probably have them at kind of number 12, decently competing at number 11 with the Packers, but we are going to put the 49ers at 9. Head-to-head matchup, 49ers at 10 coming into this week, Eagles at number 9 coming into this week, 49ers went on the road, head-to-head matchup. Gotta move the 49ers up to that Eagle spot. So, 49ers at number nine. The offense is looking okay. It's looking good. I think it's gonna get to a point where Jimmy Garoppolo and all this noise of, um, you know, when they're gonna play. Trey Lance, I think this is going to reach a boiling point a little bit later down the road um, in the season, but right now the offense is moving, and especially why we have them in the top 10 is because of their defense. Man, oh man, they held that Eagles team the entire game, and the Eagles were like knocking on uh, you know, uh, touchdown territory, scoring territory kind of consistently throughout the entire first half, and the 49ers defense came up big after coming up big after coming up big. I mean, look at this right here a blocked field goal from the 49ers uh, 29 yard line great defensive effort right there special teams effort whatever you want to officially classify it as Um, we get a turnover on downs on the big play and uh, that set them up on the one yard line first and goal shut down second and goal shut down third and goal shut down Fourth and goal, shut down, shutting down that Eagles offense on the road, on the goal line. Oh my God, give credit to that defense. And then what do the 49ers do after that drive that they make the Eagles stall on the goal line? They go out and score seven points. That was really the determining factor in the game. That's really when all the momentum for the Eagles went out the window. Because like we said, they were kind of controlling the first half. Even though nobody was scoring in the first half, it was kind of all Eagles. Eagles able to move the ball but the 49ers defense was not allowing them to come away with really any points and then that drive happens where the 49ers go for a touchdown and then that, like we said that kind of changed the entire tide of the game the Eagles really couldn't do anything after coming out of halftime and the 49ers put up 14 points in the or 10 points in the second half and they end up winning by 6. The last touchdown right here really means nothing you know 5 minutes left you're down 14 points you give it your all and you score a touchdown and that's good but then the 49ers just run out the last kind of four minutes on the clock and they get the win so well done by the 49ers the defense was looking real real solid uh little question marks on this offense I think it's going to come to a boiling point where Jimmy is like hey either name me or don't but don't be stringing along Trey Lance to the media and everybody else I'm the fucking guy as long as I'm healthy and I'm you know I'm proving it out here uh 49ers are 2-0 and correct they won week one. Yep, they're 2-0. So, well done by the 49ers defense. Absolutely love it. And we'll see if the Eagles can get back on track in our power rankings come next week. Alrighty, we get a new team at number eight. Don't worry about the Cowboys. They're moving up, folks. We're moving the Cowboys on up. Yes, you've heard that right, folks. We love and respect the Cowboys. Y'all should get on the Cowboys train, too. We're trying to tell y'all. We just took them plus three and a half. They went out right. Absolutely fantastic. But we'll talk about them in a second. A uh, new team here in the power rankings. Show this team some love. Give it up for the Denver Broncos. Coming in at number eight. Alrighty, two and 0 oh, star tier to the season for this Broncos team. Real solid offense right here. With Teddy Bridgewater efficient. Not turning over the ball. Delivering the ball to his playmakers. They won last week when no Jerry Judy. Was able to kind of still get the ball out accurately. Use Corlin Sutton. No big deal. The running game. Is looking real solid. Javante Williams is starting to emerge here. So they're truly going to be having a real solid running back by committee as this season progresses. Teddy Bridgewater is just being a real kind of above average game manager. Still a little bit more dink and dunky that I would kind of like. And we're still working on that with Teddy Bridgewater. But he's putting up the points. He's moving the ball. He's looking great. And they've got the weapons out here to complement Teddy Bridgewater's kind of what he can do. What is overall, um, I'm um, um, blanking on the word. What his overall just kind of attributes are and its talents are and what he's good at doing out on the football field, they're playing to his strengths right there. So we got to give him credit. And then the defense, forcing turnovers. Trevor Lawrence, another two-interception game. He had three interceptions week one, two interceptions here week two against his Broncos defense. Well done. Uh, no fumbles, unfortunately. didn't force any fumbles, but just getting those turnovers. And I believe they cashed in points on all these turnovers, correct? First interception leads to three points. Second interception leads to three points. So, obviously, we would like to see you get touchdowns out of those. But, you know, making them pay any points, that's what we're looking for. So, well done for the Broncos. Out to a nice 2-0 and start. Teddy B is getting there. Defense is there. We're looking good. Broncos at number eight alrighty new number 17 we said we moved the Browns back that's where they go and now this new team is new in the top 10 so give another warm welcome for the Raiders at number 7 man oh man this offense is looking real real solid this doesn't come to a big surprise to us we know the Raiders are a little potential frauds in the first half of the season like we said the true test for the Raiders is really going to start kind of like 8 like weeks 8 9 and 10 when we start getting towards the back end of the season we'll see if the Raiders can still be good but so far we're still in the first half of the season and we're going to be shouting out this Raiders team so well done for the Raiders coming in at number seven obviously you get the offense you get Darren Waller obviously Derek Carr is looking good I never understood uh, the hate and the knocks on Derek Carr the man is fantastic I I never got it I mean the completion percentage is there the touchdowns the score ability needs to be there a little bit more but that's the only knock but the yards completion percentage are there so what are y'all talking about um, the running game, it's good. They lost Josh Jacobs last week to the Steelers. They said, no problem, we won't run the ball. <laughs> they, they had a chance to run the ball with Kenyon Drake, but they're like, yeah, we won't. We just really won't run the ball. That's fine. We'll go with Peyton Barber 13 times, but it's really not going to amount to anything, 32 yards. Yeah, we could just win passing. We don't care. And then the defense to hold the Steelers team at home to only 17 points. The Steelers, a little bit of a question mark team right now, uh, but so far this Raiders team winning. Um, prime time game against the Ravens. Fantastic win. It did come down to the wire. Um, you know, and it did take an overtime and it did take a Lamar Jackson turnover to, you know, set them up, but they took advantage of it. And then they went on the road, a little bit of a shorter turnaround because it was Monday night football, Monday, Sunday, Sunday night. Um, You know, so it was, you know, kind of getting right here early turnaround on the road and the offense was still chugging along Darren Waller didn't even have like 17 targets and they still were able to win the game So it's not like well, they've got Darren Waller and they have to go to Darren Waller 20 times to win the game No, 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 they're going to everybody else. Everything else is getting open The speed is truly coming through on this Raiders offense and the defense locked up the Steelers They really weren't able to do anything offensively the entire game So Najee Harris holding him to only 38 yards Big Ben threw a pick, so only one touchdown. So watch out for this Raiders team. Everything is seeming to be real smooth offensively, defensively, especially that offense, but we know kind of the time is ticking. The clock is ticking on this Raiders team, and we'll see if they can uh, continue to be good as the season progresses alrighty new number 16 obviously the Saints are coming off big time drop them all the way down to th- number 32 I don't care uh, but they will definitely not be in the top 10 anytime kind of soon that's a bad taste left in our mouth by Jameis Winston we're seeing I don't know why he's not letting it loose we know he can but I don't know if the interceptions are playing with his mind but Saints at number 6 are no longer there and our new number 6 team is going to be the Dallas Cowboys man oh mother loving man folks I love this Cowboys team folks who would have thought I'd be saying this you know especially since We've been talking, you know, what we've been talking about in the offseason, kind of bigger on the Giants, and then Hard Knocks shows up, and we're loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. And then Week One comes, and we're loving this Cowboys team. And now Week Two, they finally get the win. I love this Cowboys team. The offense is so freaking great, folks. uh, Dak Prescott is immaculate. Uh, Tony Pollard is looking real gosh dang good, folks. Ezekiel Elliott. Who would have thought Ezekiel Elliott's going to become the number two running back out here for the Cowboys? How crazy! But either way you slice it, running back by committee is there. The wide receivers are there. Ceedee Lamb, remember all those drops in week one? Clean those up. Nine targets, eight receptions. That's what we're talking about. Dak Prescott did turn over the ball, unfortunately. He also did fumble, didn't lose it though, so we've got to clean up those turnovers, but that's not something that you know we're going to be harping on and are expecting to see week in, week out. The defense here by the Cowboys, all the injuries. Dan Quinn is using a Franken defense, moving pieces around, and it's working, folks. They held the Chargers at 17 points and the Ball Hawks defensively. Shout out to the defenders for the Cowboys team, picking off Justin Herbert twice. Asante Samuel Jr., the rookie, yes, sir, baby, go get that done. I love it. And then we got Kyle uh, Frackrell getting a forced fumble. Oh, no, 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 Chargers, uh, Sante Samuel's on the Chargers. That's my fault, but let's shout out to Sante Samuel, rookie getting an interception. That's what we're talking about. Love seeing that, but let's go back to the team that we actually want to talk about here this Cowboys defense. Let's talk about these defenders, uh, intercepting. Trevor Lor, or Justin Herber, geez. Uh, we got Demonte Kazee, that interception. Go get it done. And then Trayvon Diggs, yes, sir. What is he, second, third year back in this league? Uh, brother of Stephon Diggs, and this man is shutting it down. I mean, when, you've, you, when you're when you growing up with Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver, you know how to shut down great wide receivers. So Trayvon Diggs, truly a ball hawk out here, shutting everything down here, not allowing anything. The Cowboys on the road only give up 17 points defensively with no... No Demarcus Lawrence and no Randy Gregory and moving Micah Parsons from the linebacker position to the pass rusher position. And he does good. I mean, folks, everything about this Cowboys team I am falling in love with. Cowboys are here, folks. Watch out for this Cowboys team. They have the offense to compete with anybody. And they've got the defense to get those turnovers to win the games. Love it. Love it. Love it. Cowboys at six. Can't speak highly enough of this Cowboys team. Love them so freaking much, folks. Woof. All right. righty. New number 5 team. We're moving off the Seahawks. Truly an unfortunate loss there. They had the big old lead and then they squandered it. And then they had the chance in overtime and squandered it. So we're moving off the Seahawks. They have to impress us again to get back in the top 10. So we're moving the Seahawks off. And we are welcoming our final new team of the week right here. Last new team to grace the presence here of the top 10. And shout out to the Ravens. A huge jump here not being on the list last week. And then moving up to to number five this week. That win against the Chiefs was absolutely magnificent. Well done by Lamar Jackson. He is truly showing what he is capable of, and he's basically the only offensive weapon on that team. Everybody else is just kind of a sidekick to him. Get out of my way because I'm the main attraction. So, Ravens get it done offensively. Now, we are, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, we are going to keep the Chiefs above the Ravens, even though they won the head-to-head matchup. And I know, I don't like doing that either, folks. I truly don't. But when we look back at that game, the Chiefs being having the ball, only down what was it, one point, down one point, having the ball, and they were moving the ball, it's just unfortunately they fumbled, I mean they got into the Baltimore's 32 yard line looking to just kind of bleed the clock a little bit more and kick the game winning field goal so I'll give credit for the Ravens for winning and that's why we have them in the top 10, but we are going to give kind of credit to the Chiefs because they really don't turn over the ball when you give them an opportunity to win the game, really uncharacteristic for this Chiefs team, and if you're just playing the odds, I mean, you know Lamar Jackson's fourth game he hasn't won one the odds are saying hey he gets a win here soon so we'll see what happens when they reface in the playoffs if they both get there which we're assuming they do and that's going to be a great game as well so we're going to respect this Ravens team Lamar Jackson doing his thing the running uh, game is still there even though you know they've having to kind of you know put pieces and sign people uh you know quickly and kind of hastily to make up for all the running backs getting injured but Latavius Murray coming into his own Tyson Williams coming into his own and we haven't even seen Le'Veon Bell yet And then we get you know Marquise Brown still doing what he does and Sammy Watkins a nice deep threat So once they get kind of um, their rookie back at wide receiver, they should be even better And then the defense for the Ravens trying to be good. I mean they locked up Tyreek Hill I mean we got to give somebody credit for that. I mean Tyreek Hill only having what do we say 13 yards? 14 yards, I mean, and then we get the interception by Petra Mahomes and then the fumble all coming in the second half. So, I mean, this Ravens defense, you know, when they knew the game was on the line in the second half, they were forcing the turnovers. We give that Ravens team a lot of credit. We move them up to number five. righty, number four. We're going to move this team back a little bit. And this is where we get the Chiefs here at number four. So we are going to move them back one spot, but we are going to keep them above the Ravens. No disrespect to any of the teams here. Really just kind of even, and uh, we're going to give the credit to the Chiefs there uh, because, you know, they did have the ball, and if they don't fumble, they do probably win the game, and that's why the Chiefs are ahead of the Ravens because when it comes to Andy Reid and it comes to Patrick Mahomes, they get the job done coming from behind. um, You know, we've seen it multiple times. They did it in their Super Bowl win. They did it last week. I mean, you can never count out this Chiefs team and that's what's so great about them Patrick Mahomes best quarterback in the league you can make the argument at somebody else but it's going to be a tough argument and just overall they just never quit they have the best safety in the league Tyron Matthew give respect to that man that man need to be needs to be talked about in every single sports talk show every single day I don't care what it takes uh, but that's what it needs to be so Please get on that, everybody. Colin Coward, uh, Shannon Sharp, everybody, get on it. Skip Bayless. Start talking about Tyron Matthew every day. The man doesn't get nearly enough recognition. Um, So I love the Chiefs' defense, their offense. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, unguardable. Tyreek Hill, almost unguardable until the Ravens got him. So well, hopefully he can re-break out. Uh, but overall, real close here between the Ravens and the Chiefs. And I'm going to give the slight hair to the Chiefs, folks. All right, new number three team right here. We're going to move the Bucs up. So the Bucs, uh, Chiefs switch three to four, four to three. And uh, we're going to keep this Bucks team at number three. Real easy opponent last week with the with the Falcons. I mean, that's nothing. Uh, you know, Tom Brady looking great. Gronk looking great. The entire Bucs team looking great. It's the Bucs, folks, defending Super Bowl champions. We give them credit. Uh, but a little bit of a lackluster opponent last week in the Falcons. Um, don't want to give them too much credit. So that's why we're leaving them at number three. The Cardinals, we are still leaving at number two, folks. I'm still leaving the Cardinals here, still believing in them. And I know what you are probably saying. Well, the Bucks blew out the Falcons and the Cardinals only one by one on a lucky missed field goal to the Vikings. And I understand that and I agree. But I believe winning close definitely helps out the team overall. And I think it kind of boosts the team overall and it gets you in that kind of high pressure situation when you're down and you're having to be competitive. Where the Bucs, they started out strong, 14 points, two touchdowns a to Gronk and then they just kept it up for the rest of the game so that's still great by the Bucs and I'm not knocking the Bucs for you know blowing out the Falcons and getting ahead but overall I think the Cardinals are going to take more out of this win against the Vikings than the Bucs are going to take away from the blowout against a division rival of the Falcons at home so I'm going to keep the Cardinals here at number two. Defense got out to a little bit of a bad start. We're hoping that's cleaned up, and we're hoping this is a little bit of an outlier game. But overall, it's Kyler Murray coming back from behind, winning the game, and looking real gosh dang good and slinging around the ball and never getting down, never getting down big bad. Always in the game. They got down. I'm trying to bring up this game here. I'm trying to find where it is. Where's this tab at? Vikings. Here we go. Vikings, Cardinals. I mean, they ended up getting down 20 to 7. They got down 20 to 7. The Vikings were keeping up the pressure, but the Cardinals were like, all right, we're going to answer. They score the touchdown, and then they take the lead 21 to 20, and then they lose the lead, and then they get it right back before halftime. And then Kyler Murray throws a pick six, and now they're down again. But Kyler Murray stays cool, calm, collected, and then retakes the lead 31 to 30. And then the Vikings retake the lead at the start of the fourth quarter, 33 to 31. And then the Cardinals take a little bit, but they're like, all right, when it's time. time. Time to get it done. Four minutes left in the game. We kick a field goal. We go up one. And then they get a little bit lucky that uh, the Vikings field goal kicker misses the kick. But, you know, that's just not being clutched by the Vikings. So they're trash like we know. So Cardinals, a great close win right here. I think it's going to pay out well for them. So the Cardinals offense is great. Defense, hopefully it's not as bad as it was against the Vikings. But Cardinals still at number two. And then the Rams are going to stay our number one team, folks. They beat Carson Wentz head-to-head. Yes, you know, Jacob Eason took the final shot. Unfortunate. That's going to be an easy pick. But, you know, we love this Rams offense. We love the Rams defense. I mean, folks, 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 I mean, can we talk about setting a tempo here? This Rams team on the road against a close, I mean, just head-to-head Paper, on paper, this Rams team and Colts team are close. But what do the Rams do? The first drive of the game, Colts are at home. They get the ball. And what do the Rams defense do? First and goal from the one, shut down. Second and goal from the one, shut down. Third and goal from the one, shut down. Fourth and goal from the one, shut down. Four straight shutdowns on the goal line. Rams defense gets it done. And then they go out and score a touchdown, 7 0. I mean, what a start to this game, folks, with this Rams team. Absolutely fantastic. They start the games good. They end the games good. Uh Colts on a chance to win or tie the game with a field goal drive, like we said with Jacob Eason, but they force the interception. Absolutely fantastic. So this Rams team, they can move the ball. We speak so highly about Matt Stafford and the sheer genius that is Sean McVay and the great weapons here. And Daryl Henderson and Stone Michelle running back by committee. The offense is fantastic. The defense forcing turnovers. One interception on Jacob Eason. One interception on Carson Wentz. um, And nobody fumbled the ball here. But forcing turnovers, shutting it down, turnover on downs. I mean, man, oh, man, they step up and they rise to every single occasion. The high-pressure situations, the Rams are already rising to every single occasion. This Rams team over the last two weeks have not floundered in any high-pressure situations here. And for that, that is coaching. That is a sound fundamental sound technique by everybody, offensively, defensively. And uh, this Rams team is the best team in the league, folks. Rams at number one still. So our power rankings going into week three are Browns at 10, 49ers at 9, Broncos at 8, Raiders at 7, Cowboys at 6, Ravens at 5, Chiefs at 4, Bucks at 3, Cardinals at 2, Rams at 1. Outside looking in, like we said, is probably the Packers, the Eagles. We got anybody outside looking in? Who else we got? Bills outside looking in. But Josh Allen a little bit of a question mark. We still have to really see what he does week three. Who else we got here? Bengals, Bears, not interested in putting any of those teams in. Saints, Panthers. Panthers potentially outside looking in. We'll see what they do Thursday. Once again, another little bit of an easy opponent here. Real easy start to this uh, Panthers team. Jets, Saints, Texans. I mean, we'll, we'll get them in there when they deserve it. I don't know if they deserve it just quite yet. Uh, what else we got here? Bucks already in the top 10. Seahawks, Titans, definitely kind of outside looking in. Yeah, so about four or five teams outside looking in. We'll see if anybody can take a spot here in the coveted top 10. We'll see who rises to the occasion. We'll see who flounders come next week. Alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for watching. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow, live noon Eastern. Folks, have a great one and we'll see you.